Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. go team no sleeps in the building what 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 it do man man nothing man blessings on up you know what i'm saying 10 toes down to the ground grinding ready to ready to rock and roll as always as always folks it's tuesday we back in the building we're going to talk about the social impact of sport we got uh we we got topics tonight for for you so so buckle in get you a, get you a drink get you a snack or whatever the case may be we, we gonna dive in but we also have a um a guest with us tonight behind the curtain, and I'm, I'm gonna let Montel do the introduction since he, uh, th- this is his partner, and and I definitely want to want to get it done the right way. So Montel, I'll let you introduce the man. Absolutely, absolutely, everyone. I'd like to introduce um, a great young man that's doing big things. He's an author, an entrepreneur, and he's a visionary, which is what I love about him most. Um, met this young man years ago, and and I've seen him mature and grow. And now he's doing such big things. I'm so proud of him. Um, and I'll, I'll let him tell a little bit of his story. But Anthony Walker, please bring him to the show. Definitely. Oh, look, here we go. Mr. Walker, how are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful, brother. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely, man. We appreciate you. Look, we, we no one can introduce themselves. We can give the elevator pitch. But you know what? It, it's always better coming from the person themselves. Give us a little little background on on you, who you are, what it is that you do. And to be honest with you, as you talk about that, let's talk about the company that you have and let's talk about this book that you've got coming out because that right there is, I think, incredibly valuable. And I want to make sure that we touch on that as well, though. Yeah. So like Montel mentioned, we've been knowing each other for years, first and foremost. Um, good brother. I, I remember his son when, it was, when his son was young. I think his son is in college now. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, my name is Anthony Walker. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I've been, I have been, um, on a quest, I will say over the last year and a half to help educate people as I've been educating myself on entrepreneurship, business and finances. I have a a really cool and interesting background as far as like my parents are concerned and, and the way that I was raised that I feel like gives me a unique perspective into, like I said, entrepreneurship and business. So I started off by just sharing what I've what I've learned over my lifetime. And then that grew into a clothing brand, as you can see on the screen. And that clo- the, the clothing brand was kind of to demonstrate to people that 
uh, what as I was teaching about entrepreneurship to demonstrate to people what it looked like to to, to do this idea of entrepreneurship. And then from there, recently, I just uh, wrote and launched uh, the pre-order for my first ever book, which is called B is for Black Wealth. It's available today for pre-order. And essentially, it's doing the same thing that I've been doing. And I, I, I'm, I'm teaching um, people the principles of business, the principles of finance. And for me, the, the principles of collective economics and specifically what it takes for black people to grow our collective wealth. And I just repackaged it for children. So I hope that I hope that helped. I hope that was a good. Uh, yeah, you know. listen, man. That's what I'm talking about. Like, like, like my grandma always said, give people their flowers while you can, man. And and what you're what you're doing, especially with this book, with this book, focus on our youth, uh, matters and and resonates. We 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 I may bring you back for for Black History Month too, man. So we so we could talk about this next month. But uh, pre orders, like you said, are are open now, and you plan to start shipping. It looks like. Um, Around the fifteenth of next month is actually when when the book will start being in people's hands. Hopefully, hopefully so. I, I should know by the end of this week. Okay. Originally, the original date was February fifteenth, but I actually actually had to add uh, some books to the order okay. just based on the volume I was getting. So um, I, I should know, but it, as of right now, it should be February fifteenth to March first is is the expected delivery date right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Congratulations on the book. Congratulations on the business. Uh, I, I wouldn't be remiss if I didn't acknowledge. So you, you've got the clothing brand as well. But I would be remiss if I didn't say hello to, to Mama Nixon, who is in the building, who is the proprietor of the, the merch store that I use for, for my gear. And uh, so, so there we go. One half of Press and Sew in the building. Uh, Sylvia, check out his stuff right here. This, this man right here. Uh, is doing some big things as well, and and I like the mission and I like the goal of what he has. Let's look look. I'm going to buy this one right here on your mask. I, I told I might let me go ahead and put it in my in my bookshelf right now. Hold on, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put it in my shopping cart right, <laughs> right oh, after pay too. I can only I can pay in four easy payments. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get two of those. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if we got. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know what size we got in, uh, on your masters right there. You can check though. Let me let me see. I'm I'm gonna go. You know, I, I like to let the muscles look look stand out a little bit. You, oh, you got it. You got it. Black okay, large. Cool, yes, cool, sir. Perfect. perfect right. yeah. I love it. I love it. But let, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's be cognizant of everyone's time and let's go ahead and get get focused. Like like I like to say, Montel, you brought, you brought up some stories today. You you kind of kicked off a Twitter storm. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's I, I think that's the best way I can put it. You 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 kicked off kind of a some conversation about something. I'm gonna bring the image up, and I'd like you to dive into why you sent this message out, why it resonates to you, and kind of, and then let, let's go ahead and have kind of discussion around that. So, you sent out this tweet right here. Uh huh. You want to go ahead and read it so everybody can see? Can yeah, see definitely. So, you know, people wonder why I advocate bringing D2 football back in California. The targeted demographic for prisons are men the age between 18 to 26. D2 football could have prevented a ton of young men from being ex-cons and becoming executives. This is facts. And the images here, yes, yeah, since 1980, California has built 22 prisons and only one university. That's the problem, yep. right? That, that that's the that, that's the wrong way for the for the math equation to go. So, you've gotten a ton of uh, responses, re- retweets, requotes, and, and engagement yeah. on this. And I think that, that 
that that matters and that resonates. So so let's let's go into that. Talk to me first of all again why you felt the need to send that out. Um, it's it's just a feeling. I think we're in the midst of recruiting right now, especially mm. for football. Um, and I'm seeing all these young men that are not going to have a home to play next year. And I and just it just thought about it, it was like where where is the op- opportunity for them in California to play? Because we know everyone can be Power Five and Division One. Yeah. Um, and, and let's negate that. It just, just should be more homes for these these young men to have an opportunity to go play. Football is not the end all of all. Sports is not the end all of all. But it is a mechanism that attracts you to become educated at the next level. It's an attraction mechanism. That's why we have it. We have it in high school. And that's why we have it in youth. We have it for this. These are things that attract us to be able to go. And in college, football was just a big part of my life. I mean, it basically molded, it helped me mold me to the person who I am. It molded my my colleagues and my friends who I'm around that I have lifelong friends. It molded them to who the person they are. And it taught us to become, it gave us that opportunity to learn what kind of adult to get our education, to be able to have that piece of paper to enter the workforce. And I'm going to and I've seen a lot of kids missing out on this opportunity, especially in the state of California. It's hard. It's hard to leave the state to go play sports. It's hard to leave the state when you don't have that support mechanism. It's hard to leave the state state when you just, you know, you just don't financially have the money to do it. When these resources used to be available in California and now, but no longer not. And this is indicative why I think this is one of the reasons why the only reason the only way the prisons make money is to have bodies They have to have mm. people sitting in. Wow. So having people, so if you eliminate a demographic of people being attracted to go there, you got to think of 10 schools have football. Now they no longer have it. And that demographic is usually average of a hundred men. That's a thousand possible men that could end up in that space that would fill those seats up. Crazy. Instead of having a thousand men in school getting educated. So it speaks volumes to me in a lot of different yeah. ways. And I think the state of California, just the focus of it had it shifted. It shifted into capitalism instead of investing in people. And then people be able to okay. come up with that capitalism. And I and I and I, I'm glad, you know, my boy, my boy is on here, Anthony's on here, because we you talk about generational wealth. And that what, what mechanisms can help change that? How how does this speak to you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first off, I, I agree with every single word you said, I, and I'm super interested to, to. I'm gonna go on Twitter afterwards to see what the people had to say in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with everything you said. I think at the end of the day, everything that I speak to goes back to investment. So, mm-hmm. like, yes, we have to, as black people specifically, we have to make sure that we are doing things to take care of ourselves. But the the reality is that we haven't been invested in in this particular country. And that's a big reason that we're in the position and the situation that we're in. So I think for our generation, it's important that we that we, you know, grow, get a critical, grow a critical amount of resources so we can invest in the next generation. It would be great if the system would, like you said, if we have more that perfect example, if we have more D2s in California, there'll be less people in prison because that's investment. That's what investment yep. looks like. Um, and unfortunately, the system invests in things that are not always benef- to our benefit. And I think for me, m- my biggest message is let's, let's figure out how to create a, de- a decent amount of wealth and let's invest in the generation that's that's coming behind us. I love that. Yeah, and I, and I, I completely agree with that. I think, yeah. I think that's, that's another piece of it. Obviously, we have to invest in ourselves. And get and get that situation going. I haven't looked at it in, in, in a more of a of a, mi- a macro situation, especially in the state of California. And I'm, and I'm talking in holes. I mean, we have to think if these if this was an opportunity that was presented there, 
these might not be the NFL guys, but this are the people that are analysts. These are people that are going to go into biotech. These are people that are going to go into, you know, you know, the traditional farming system as far as the business side of it, or even or, or, or creators of engineers, forestry. These are all people that are not only going to be able to do that, but they are going to go back into their communities. These are going to be taxpayers. They are going to be buying homes eventually. They are going to be entrepreneurs and open businesses and hire people eventually. Mm. That whole generation from 19, and I know football got cut off in 1996 for a lot of schools. So let's say from 1996 all the way to right where we're at right now, 2022, have been damn near two generations lost of, edu- of educated men. Of color, mm. not just black men. We'll talk about we'll talk about Polynesians. I think mm-hmm. Hispanics fall in there, but they fall into kind of a different category because they're so they're so they, you know their population from Hispanics to California have grown so much. But definitely mm-hmm. of a, a, a lot of black and brown, that opportunity for just those men have it's gone. It's gone. It's not. There's no. There's there's no way to go with that. It, it's continually. It's going to be continually be gone until we have an avenue to attract them to schools. Like, like you go to some people go to school because they want to be doctors. So, you know what? They go to school with a good doctor program. We have people that like to play music. So they go to school with a great arts program. Why is it unjust for us to go to school if we like because they have a football program? And then we learn as we go along, as we get there, we learn what we want to be as far as the professionalizing the professional realm is getting a degree. And then we expand on that as we go. So it, 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 it reeks volumes of different things. Till it's been eliminated, and I don't, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm disturbed. Why? You know, well, you, you're, you're a product of this. Uh, shouts out to you, Mr. Mr. Strong, in the building. Again, you're, you're a product of this, right? From, uh, from the D two uh, ranks, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So, so you lived through that, and you know, there used to be a, a show on ESPN called Numbers Don't Lie. And uh, when, when you, when you've got this type of representation, when you see twenty two to one, and you realize that ratio is wrong. And you, you can't you, you can't doubt that and, and you can't uh, deny that, especially when you go out there and look at the facts. Right. Go out there and do the facts yourself, folks. Go out there and do your Google searches, do your Yahoo searches, whatever the case may be, and look at these numbers. And this is just California. Um, we're leaning and we're talking more about football because, again, you're a product of that. But, you know, at, at the core of it, I like what Anthony was saying. It's all about the educational piece, right? We there, there, There's money enough to build these multi-million dollar, billion dollar, whatever institutions for incarceration. However, we're trying to we, we want we want everyone to be successful. We want we, we do. We want everyone to to thrive. We want everyone to have a positive uh, output output on life. We want everyone to be a a. Uh, uh, a positive influ- influence on their on their communities, right? The Martin Luther King. We, we want that. Why is that investment? And this is a society question. That, that's why we have these social impact conversations. This is a societal conversation. I'd love the folks in the audience to ask or the answer as well. Why is it that such a disparity in the, what, what are we, the fourth largest economy on the planet? Fourth or fifth, we're the, we're, yeah, we're the fourth or fifth largest economy in the world. That, that number but right I, there doesn't but, make any sense for it, when, when we, it's not a lack of resource, right? Yep. We, we've got the resource here. Look, look, California is so big. They're talking about splitting us into two. Right. So and down south where you are is the Hollywood money in the center is all of the agricultural money up here. Mm-hmm. where I'm at is all the, uh, the, the the technology money. So so there's there, there's there's liquidity in this state. And, and but there's inequality 
as well. And it's it's not just, again, like you said, the black and the brown. It, it's everyone. But just the fact that that number is so, so dramatic is, is concerning to us. And would love to hear folks in the audience as well chime in. Go, go ahead, Monty. Yeah. I know you wanted to say something. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, it's, 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 you're right. And it's big. It's a big problem because we don't. I think it's a it's a big problem. I think we we there's been a failure of private industry investing in it. Yeah. I think there's been a big failure of the state investing in it. I think there's been a big failure in, in us investing in it. Us fighting for what what we believe is right. I'm using football just as, as an example, but we got to look at these schools, these institutions across California. We basically blacks, especially in the smaller schools, we make up just about maybe anywhere between four and two percent of the population of schools. That's that's unacceptable. That means only two or four percent of us is getting educated in this state mm. with college degrees. That that there, there's a problem with that. And I'm not just talking about I'm not I'm talking about us, Native Americans, Polynesians, um, and I'm talking about men specifically. Mm-hmm. I'm not doubting women. Women just give all the they get all the just do they get and they rightfully deserve all of it. But it's somewhere along that line, they forgot about us getting our education. We've been the one that's been always the, the, the one to get cut. It's been cut behind for some reason. Yeah. And I'm going to use football as a mechanism because that's the one that's predominantly mostly men. It's the largest sport in 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 in, in most in most schools because it houses anywhere from 100 to 140 men. Um, I'm saying if you want to go behind the Title IX, which I agree with, every woman should get it. If every man gets a scholarship, every woman should get a scholarship one for one. But you can't do that with football because there's no woman's sport that, play, that has that many participants in it. So Title IX, in my opinion, should be readjusted either on a percentage base or in California, we can go mm. we can go non-scholarship at the Division II level. Mm. It can be a non-scholarship thing because state schools are, are fairly unaffordable. Give them grants for academic grants to be those the ones that have high GPAs or can earn grants with a higher GPA while they're in school and let them participate because now that's still drawing the mechanism to get them into school. Yeah. If it doesn't have nothing attracts you, you don't go. You don't go. You don't go to it. If yeah. the, you only go to the movies because you're attracted to the movie, either right. the theme of the movie or somebody that's acting in the movie. Right. Otherwise, I'm, you don't spend your dollars. Yeah, I'm I'm old, so let me say this before I forget. Before it falls out of my head, and then I'm gonna bring you in, Anthony, because I want you to uh, interject as well. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about why we watched NFL and why we watched football, right? Because I brought it up during the Kaepernick thing uh, situation where we said we were done with football, but. Here, here, sure enough, we we all back. We we watch him because it is what it is, and we're watching. And you, you really made a click in my head. We're watching it because we see a lot of folks that look like us succeeding and doing well, and and being financially, hopefully, stable. Right? They, they get them big bonuses, they get the big checks, and they, get, and they take care of their their family. Uh, that's what sports does. That because because a lot of times the youth in the inner city, that's what they have. Right. As opposed mm-hmm. to standing on the corner and hanging out with somebody that's probably up to no good. We gravitate to baseball and to, and to football and to soccer, whatever the case may be. We, we gravitate to those types of team activities. And and by not having locations, institutions that, that foster that, 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 uh, that, that, um, that, that what, what we're trying to do. Right. I can't even think of the word right now, but, but if we don't have any place to go. To, to build on, on those desires and those needs and, and, and those things that we, we're looking into doing, then we do start getting into trouble. Right. So, yeah. so Anthony, let me, let, Anthony, let, let me real quick, let me, let me bring this back though, again, because it's, it's a challenge and it's a problem I think within society for the fact that, you know, why are we not investing in 
our our youth the way that we know we should be right we we back in the day we're we're all over 40 years old here i i got a couple more decades on you as well but you know you know there, there used to be that that uh, nuclear family where you had your grandmother you had your, you had big mom you had your aunt you had your, you had all these folks that were watching you and making sure that you you grew up for the most part in 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 the right frame of mind and you had the support it seems different today Right. And especially talking about from a financial perspective, why is it that our youth are 18, 19 year olds who are now at college who are getting NIL money, don't know how to use that money the right way or save that money and invest them. So I I really think I know I'm talking in circles, but I really think all of this is related, because if we don't build the institutions to help support and and proliferate positive change and influence in society, that's where you get 22 to one. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, let me go, let me go, let me go one time before you go in there. Yeah. To add on to that, why aren't institutions investing in our young men? I want to know that. That's mm-hmm. kind of one of the Why aren't these 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 educational institu- institutions not developing mechanisms to attract us men to go to those schools? I want your perspective on that part as well. Yeah, not I. I I think exactly what uh, exactly what you both are saying makes perfect sense. Why the investment isn't there is the part that I don't know. I think that's the part that we all battle with on a certain level, right? Because it's like, y'all see us, you know what I'm saying? And you see what we need. So why are we not responding? And that's, I think that's, that's a question I don't have the answer to the why part, right? But I think the important part is understand that that's what needs to happen. We need to be invested in and we need to do the investing as well. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even, yeah, I don't know the answer to the question, but I know that you asking the right questions. We're going in the right direction. <laughs> see, <laughs> see like, you, you, didn't, you didn't know what you were stepping into, right? Again, we, we bring in smoke yeah. out here, man. So, so yeah, again, now, we, now, we haven't now, talked now about Yeah, now we're going in the right direction and we're asking <laughs> the right questions. Like, why is there a lack of investment? I don't know, but I know that that's what it takes in order for the young men, specifically we're talking about young men, to be to to be put in better positions, and that's what's going to change um, what society is like right now. Because we're you know we're the mo- most carceral society in the world. There's no there, America has more people in jail than anybody else. Yes, sir. So, and, and part of it is sad because where the money flows, you know what I'm saying, is kind of where investment goes too. Like people are profiting off of those prisons; they're making big money off of those. And, Absolutely. You know, not to say they're not; they're also making big money off of sports. But I guess that's where like imagination comes in. Like how do what what kind of what can we create to what kind of industries can we create to where it makes sense to invest back into our youth? Does that make but, sense? But look, but, but look at what you just said, though. See, you look at the demographic you cut off. Like they're not cutting off the big part of sports where they do make their money off the power fives, the UCLA's, right. the USC's. Right. You're cutting off the school, the smaller schools where we know these are the young men that are going to go in the workforce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are going to be they're going to go into the, the local workforces where they come from or within that state. I'm going to graduate from Humboldt State. I, yeah, I have the ambitions to play in the NFL, but the percentages are against me that I'm going I'm not going to make it. So, you know what? I'm going to take my degree and go become a teacher. I'm going to go become a police officer. I'm going to become a fireman. I'm going to become working high tech industry. I'm going to go work in where, wherever I'm going to go work it. But I'm going to be a commodity in the workforce now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a person that's going to be able to make fifty thousand dollars a year in the workforce in my community, now developing not only intellectual wealth, but also wealth for my community because now I'm not robbing from it, I'm not pillaging from it, I'm actually investing back in it because that's where I'm spending my dollars. 
So it, yeah. it's a bigger cycle than I think. It's a it's a huge cycle that people have just have just completely missed off on for the small for the small percentage of stockholders to make a profit off of building yeah. a prison having bodies sitting. There, yeah. so this, this is, this is a, yeah. This is my question to you, though. This is my question to you. So I agree a hundred percent. Like D two football could put a big dent in 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 some of what we're talking about, right? So my question mm-hmm. is. And, and not to change the subject completely, but my question is, what else can be built? Nothing is like football. I'm a product of, you know, I played D2 football and Juco football and D3 football myself, and there's nothing mm-hmm. like it. I just told you all at the top of the show, like, I don't even really watch football no more. And not because, you know, I, I still got love for it. Sometimes I watch. But there's football has a certain hold on us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And as a young man, it had a certain hold on me. So like you said, like, yes. We go where we're where we're attracted to, but I guess my question is, what else can we build? And not even comparing it to that level of attraction, but what else can we build that young men are attracted to? That's going to attract them to want to have success. We know we got it in, in sports and we got it in hip hop, but like culturally, is there anything else that we could make? You know what I'm saying? Like make tell before you keep in, I just want to say something right now because I just saw the aha moment happen for you, brother. Now, now you see where where we go, where we take these conversations, <laughs> right? We hadn't said nothing about the Lakers score or, or nothing yet. We, yeah. we we didn't start going into how investment matters for community and how again this resonates with folks going to uh, advanced education and and staying out of trouble. That's what we're getting into, right? And no one else is having this conversation. Go ahead, Monta. But you know what? Let, let me go ahead and, and bring up this comment by, by Laura before you chime in, because Laura Williams is in the building. She says, we need to invest in our teen development and mentoring from 13 to 25 is important for our society to develop leaders of the future. And then she mentions, you know, the school to prison pipeline is a real thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So so yeah. The, people realize that this is an issue. People, it did People knew this was an issue before this tweet went out, before you pushed this tweet out, before this 22 to one graphic went out. It's, it's always in the back of our minds. We, we know about it. It's it's like that ugly stain or something on the carpet that you want to cover up. We're mm-hmm. not covering up. We're going to go ahead and talk about it. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, it's the, it's the elephant in the room. Yeah. But to answer your question, Anthony, definitely what I think we need to invest in. And, I, and I've, I've said this on the show before. We need a historical black college in California on the West Coast. Agree. Now we have now we have something that, it, regardless of sports, you can go somewhere and identify with that person, learn, educate yourself, and and and, and get that degree. Because as me and you both know, that piece of paper, regardless of people want to say it doesn't mean something, it means a lot, and it's starting to become the have and the have nots in this world. As the capitalism grows, it's the have and have nots. If you don't have that piece of paper, which will be your starting point, it's going to be hard for you for anyone <clears throat> to maintain a. a, a at least a lower middle class life, a, a lower middle class lifestyle in this country without getting being able to get a job or being able to start their own business because now you can't get a loan without your degree and so on and so on. We need to be able to have institutions where they can become where they can become educated and feel comfortable being educated and being attracted to that to that mechanism of education of becoming educated. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I believe that's the key. I mean, I believe that's key. I would like to see a historical uh, HBCU on the West Coast somewhere where we can go, be in there. CROC, CRC, some teaching us and so on and so on. But also, like like I said, I think the quicker fix is, like I said, bring some D2 football or, or allow football, these schools to have football to be able to attract more men to be able to get in there. 
That's kind of where I, I sit with it. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know what's crazy? When I was in high school, for some, for whatever reason, I never could have imagined what like HBCU experience was like. I never was. Mm. And I'm, you know, I, I, you know, like my father is very pro black and I've always had that mentality based on him. Right. And based on my upbringing, but I've never was nothing ever compelled me to say, man, I wonder what it would be like to go to an HBCU. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do because it's so far away. Like we don't even California. Mm -hmm. like, man, like it doesn't even, we don't even realize, (laughs) but if we knew what was up there, Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. we'll, be, we'll be lining up trying to go to them HBCUs, man. If we knew yeah. what was getting, you, you know, talk, you're talking to the choir, you brother. We we that, didn't have that conversation that there needs to be that in in yeah. on the left coast for sure. Yes, sir. That needs to be that. That's my proven point. I mean, I, I and, and I've said it many times. With all these billionaires that we have in California, these millionaires, these Kanye Wests, these Oprah Winfrey's, and all them, they can go build all these other things. They can go build clothing stores and clothing lines and do all these other things. I I'm I have a hard time figuring out why they haven't came to the realization. Why don't we bring that experience to the West Coast? Why don't we build those things schools? You can go build those schools in Africa. You can build these elementary schools here. He can go build. They can go build these music centers wherever else. But why haven't they said, you know what? A prime place to be able to build a HBCU and bring that experience to generations of people mm. would be epic. That's that's a that's a changer. I don't Yeezys don't change my life. That would change lives. That would change everything <laughs> ever. That would change that would change everything Oprah's ever done because that's gonna be generational. And people will go to that school, get educated, have an accredited education, and move forward. And bricks and mortar costs a lot of money, but they have a lot of money. And it's a write-off to the state because they're building, investing in the in the, in the educational form. I just don't see man, where we're where we as people are missing the boat. Where we're missing that boat and yeah. investing in ourselves. Because they do it in all these other schools. That's why those schools exist. The Harvards exist because they built that school because they wanted them, themselves to be educated at a high level. Why don't we have that investment here on the West Coast for the Dr. Dre's and all them to put their money up and put it put it where it matters and be able to invest in all of us out here? And that includes the companies, too. I don't sort of mention our entertainers, but I'm saying the companies, too. Yeah. Why isn't Facebook? Why isn't Google? Why isn't are them jumping on saying, you know, this is an opportunity we can be able to put something back into the community as well and eliminate, eliminate that gap. It would eliminate that gap or we're really shrinking a lot. It's shrinking a lot to really have those avenues there. So this is my, this is my only challenge to that. And, and again, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of like a re- reframe of the, of the similar question I asked is like, I guess this, the, this, is the question, man, what else can we build though? What can't, what else can we, because we can't really, we personally can't build that college. Right. But mm-hmm. what can we build is my question. And like I'm asking you because I respect what you have built, Montel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like I've watched you build a pipeline to get student athletes into, you know what I'm saying? And in, into playing college football. Like I've seen it. Like I've I've watched you build a football game. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a all-star game, a yearly all-star game that people love to come to. So I guess as a builder, I'm just and, and I want our imagination to go. Like, what could we build us? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it might not take a billion dollars. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. let, <laughs> let, let me yeah. chime in real quick, too, be because, helpful. I mean, and I think this is real, real, real poignant that we have you here with us tonight as we talk about this, right? And I think a focus on entrepreneurship, a focus on owning your masters, like you call it, like like we say, mm-hmm. right? Uh, being financially stable, 
um, mm-hmm. you know, financial financial wealth and, and generational wealth comes in time. But being financially stable, I think, is something that, that needs to, to happen and, and be taught at an early age. Those mentoring, those those types of tools and programs that needs to happen. That That's what we can build. We, we can be. We can be less focused on ourselves, just the folks that live in our house. <laughs> right. And, 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 and be, be conscious of what's happening within our community as a whole. Right. Go, go ahead and, and, and mentor those youth that live around the corner, even though they sitting at the park and they look like they're causing trouble. Go up there and, and look, I, I'm pointing one finger at y'all. I got three pointing right back at me as well. That's something that we can build. We can start tearing down those walls. And especially look again, this our conversation is for everyone. But when it comes to black men and black folks. We always feel we got to do what we do by ourselves and we don't like to collaborate. Mm. That's a problem, right? I, I don't see why we can't lock arms and do something and do what we're going to do positively together. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what we can do. We can change that whole, that generational mindset of uh, uh, only I can come up. I'm going to leave y'all. Cool. I'm going to leave y'all back there in the street. But so that's what, that's where we can start. That's a piece to the puzzle. It's, it's, it's obviously not the solution, but Mont, I'll, let, I'll let you kick in. Mom, I, yeah, see, yeah. I see, I see I your mean, comment, mom. We're going to, we're going to get to you in a minute. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe. I love yeah, that. Though. I, believe, I want you to know that. I love what you just said. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I also believe, I believe that's, that's summarized that pride is overrated. Mm. We as black folks need to quit having so much pride and be able to ask, ask, for questions and ask for advice and ask for guidance and ask for, you know, and ask for a helping hand when you need it. Yeah. Cause the bottom line, if we don't do that, it never happens. And I see, I see our counterparts, our white counterparts, they do it all the time. They don't believe in that pride thing. They, they definitely go out and they ask help and they go get it. And that's how they're, they're able to, to function. But back to what you were saying, uh, Anthony, about what can we give? And I think we can give our experiences we can give we can give our mentorship and we can give opportunities. Mm. That's the mm-hmm. thing that I think we miss this, this, this misses a lot on. We we don't give opportunities. I, I you know, I, I try to do as much as I can. I, I know uh Mino Jones, young brother, just went to college, graduate. I got him in the door and I helped him get in the door. He's graduating. Um now I'm mentoring him, him getting a job. I helped him get a summer internship at Western Digital. Now I want him to get a job because I want him to be another person to have a gateway to help the next person that's coming up. And I think we need to do more of that um, as collectively as, uh, as as we are in the professional realms. We need to be able to give that back because that helps more because the more we able to open those doors for them to kick down those doors, now they're going to be able to kick down another door for another person. And that's how we get ourselves in. Yeah. You know, and what I mean by getting, I mean, get into corporate America, get into, you know, there other institutions where we're not so prevalent in or we're not so, we don't, we don't have a lot of people in there. So, I think that's the way, at least that's the way I can see myself giving back because I don't have millions of dollars. But the little mm-hmm. the little crumbs I do got, man, I, I you know, I don't have no problem helping another brother out or help or just get, if it's just advice he needs. Yes. If it's a few dollars. Absolutely. Whatever it, it takes to make sure they get over that hump, because I don't we don't need another derelict, man. We don't need another rapper. We don't need another person yeah. hanging on the corner. We need another we need another person in that corporate room. We need another person in that analyst room. We need another chemist and they're helping out Talk because that's going to change. The, you know, that's going to change the dynamic of what we're doing in the community. And also, we can't forget, man. Uh, we got a lot of brothers that forget, you know, where they came from and forget to reach back. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that, that that to me is, is sad because they feel that they made it. Now they don't feel they need to open. 
give the keys to somebody else to open the door for them because either they feel they're going to get surpassed or somebody's going to be threatening them where it's not a threat, man. Now you're stronger, actually, now that you've got a team. You know, two heads are better than one, three is better than two, four is better than three. Here it is. We always talk about team, right? Are we always and we, we come from the sports world. You look, black folks need to stick together like super glue to Bill, like 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 Mama Hicks said. I love that. That's that's a that's a great statement, right? So I mean, look, the tweet you put out, man, sparked, mm-hmm. this sparked all that conversation, right? That this really just pulled the band-aid off, right? To, and, and exposed the problem. We we the three of us live in California. Anthony, you still in California? Mm-hmm. Okay, so right, we we all hear right, so we live this and we see this on a daily basis. It's it's on our news, it's on our on our KCRA and our on our KTXL, whatever, right? We we see this all the time. But listen, I know I, I got folks on here from Florida. I know I got folks on here from from New York. I got folks on. We, we got folks from all, all. I got some Texas folks. Shout out to I see you, Mr. Davis. This is happening everywhere, and just the start is having this dialogue. And and not sweeping it on the rug. The start is actually writing something down and saying, this is what I'm going to do. And then the action comes with us going out there and reaching out to. Let, let's 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 start with the youth first, because, again, it, it's harder to teach the old dogs tricks. <laughs> right. You, you, you go out there to somebody. I, I, I do. I, I see you shaking your head, Montel, but I, I'm bringing this back. I'm bringing this back to, to, to Anthony's book. Right. Again, the Mm -hmm. fact that he's focusing on the youth in terms of, you know, black wealth, B is for black, B is for B is for black wealth. Right. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Right. So so just starting with folks in terms of being uh, uh, aware, cognizant and familiar with how they deal with their finances, because that right there takes a lot of pressure. When when you're not worried about is the is the smud or the PG&E going to be dealt with when you know you got some food in the refrigerator, that takes a lot of stress out of the house. And that mm-hmm. that that keeps you from wanting to take that brick and going down there to 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 the Safeway and knocking the door down to go to do whatever, right? So that that alleviates a lot of things. And then you know you can take care of yourself, you can take care of your kids, you can take care of your grandparents, that that kind of thing. That, that that's at the core. What you're doing, Anthony, helps to solve this problem, this twenty-two to one issue. In, in my opinion, I'm sorry. Go go ahead, Montel. Go ahead, yeah. man. I was just going to say now that that's honestly is the goal. Right. And I think that education is a liberating factor. I think edu- like education and what we know does help liberate. But I also recognize that that's not the only liberating factor. And it's some, oftentimes not enough. Right. We got a whole lot of brothers that go to prison and they read books and they're educated. They come out and they're educated, but they still don't have any opportunities to go back into what mm-hmm. Brother Montel said. So my real goal with the book is to to organize organize our people, right? And you know, I can't we can't organize everybody, but if we could start with the if I could start with a small number of a thousand people, two thousand people, ten thousand people, and I could organize them with phone numbers, uh emails, um, I could have central locations where where we could all communicate with each other. Now we uh now we have a chance. To me, that's that's kind of like that's what I see. Um, as important for me to build is like, how do we organize around this idea of growing our wealth? And then from there, I think we could do powerful things. Man, that's oh, no, I, I 100% agree. I think that's, that's why I bought a book. I bought a book for my kids to be able to read it. Cause they, they, I mean, they need to be able to understand that from a perspective where they can understand it and then hopefully be implemented, implemented as they get older and older and older and, 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 let, and let that be their base, their baseline or their base values. On financial literacy, um, uh, 
back to your question, James, like you said, you were saying about who does this need to touch? Mm. You know, I'm, 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 I'm tired of the ADs because it's not working with them. It needs to be, I'm hoping somebody with a political background hears this conversation. I really do. Yeah. Hope there's a mayor or a congressman or a senator or somebody out there that hears this conversation Pastor. because they are, we, we are, let's be honest with you, man. We're, we're killing the moral foundation of family and men without giving them an opportunity to be educated and get those kind of jobs. It is. It kills the family. Let's yeah. be honest with you. The yeah. traditional family, as we know it in, in, in black households, it exists, but it kind of doesn't exist. We're used to having single family, single mothers raising kids. That is that is the norm that we're used to. No other race is used to that. None. Even when they get divorced, they go get remarried and they have the a blended family. We are the only dynamic family that creates that. That's created because men are men take chances because they're not able to provide for their families. You don't take a penitentiary chance because you're not able to provide. Facts. It's the only time you take a chance. That's true. You're like, you know, I'm going to do this because I can't make no money. I can't get a job making money. I can't do this making money. I, I'm not making what to pay, for, you know, to help my family out. I got to I got to go do something to make it happen, whether it's legal or illegal. But if you eliminate that and says, you know, you're educated, you don't have to take that chance. You don't get this paycheck every two weeks. That's going to be able to cover all that. And you ain't got to worry about it. That's that stress you're talking about. It gets alleviated. God, you don't got to worry about it. it boy. So. I read a quote. Somebody said, "Sports saves lives." Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. Because that's my that's my belief. If that's my that's my truth. That's where I live through. Sports saves lives. And if you keep cutting off that mechanism where we're not able to play sports to get that level of education, it ain't gonna be twenty two prisons to one. It's gonna be twenty five to one. Yeah, it's gonna be twenty eight to one. Yeah, it's gonna be thirty to one. They're gonna keep building these things because it's profitable for them, and it keeps cutting off the mechanism of us having of having. Men out there. And I'm not just talking about this isn't a black, white, green, orange thing. This is more of an economic thing. Because if you're in that lower thing, you're going to take chances. If you're in a yeah. trailer park or you're in a lower income and you're white, you're going to take the same chances I'm taking. You're going to do whatever it does to help you feed your family. Yeah. That stress I, 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 is going to fuel that. So it's not a black and white. I know we're talking about you know us as black people, but that's a, this is an economic issue. Yeah. This this has to do with the social economic status. Those are when you take those chances. Those are what are building those 20 to 1 20 to 1 prisons and us as a people are not fighting for them to build more universities or or put stuff back or put these sports back in universities or put programs back in universities to help us out. We just keep allowing them to cut. They cut arts programs in schools. They cut sports in high school. They're trying to get rid of Pop Warner football. Yeah. We're allowing them to keep doing these things. Oh, they're trying to and get rid of Pop Warner? Hmm? You, said, you said they're trying to get rid of Pop Warner? What's yeah. going on with that? State, state of California, they're trying to stay eliminate tackle football. For you, that's crazy. That's out there. That's a, listen. Um, this this conversation is poignant. Needed to happen. Glad we had it. I, I want to bring this coming up before we we, we move on. But uh, we, we definitely gonna have part two of this right here. And Tony Davis, I appreciate you, man. He says you guys are the ones to start this off. We just need someone to listen to the vision. And and Montel, you were bringing it up, right? The politicians. I said the pastors. You know, we we said yeah. um, the executives. Folks that are in those conference rooms that are in, in, in those places of power are the ones who need to take this and resonate with it. So, look, I'm going to put the onus on the community that is listening right now. Share this segment with uh, folks out there in your circles of influence, in your spheres of influence. 
to do something about this, right? Let, let, let's let's go ahead and raise this awareness. Go, let's go ahead and light this fire under this conversation and, and see about doing something. Um, we got a couple of other stories to go on to, but uh, I, w- I want to give some shouts out and some recognition to Mr. Natividad too. And he asked a question, and Montel, I'm going to let you go, go to this. What's the advantages to an HBCU over an existing left coast college? And And, and that's a valid question. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to leave it to, to, to both of you. Let me let me start with you, Anthony, because you, you brought it up a little bit up, up again. And we, we kind of from a tertiary perspective, we know because we see it and we we, we don't live it because I didn't I didn't go to an HBC either. But we know of what the culture entails. But let me let you go first, Anthony, and then go into you, Montel. Yeah, well, I, I think that's more of a Montel question, because that's something that he was specifically, you know, speaking to. For me, I, like culturally, mm. I think that black people benefit from institutions that black people build. I'm not saying it always happens like that. When I think everybody benefits from black culture, right? But I think that we benefit from institutions that we build. So for me, that would be the difference in my mind if it's like, oh, okay, we, we're going to shape what this looks and feels like. And the reality is like most colleges are you know, especially in California, predominantly white. So you might go on campus and be, you know, three or 4% of the population. And that makes for a tough learning environment. So I would say that's my answer to that particular question, but I would love to hear Montel expound on that. Cause that's his, that's, that's his business. <laughs> no, me, me, I think, I think just the experience, I mean, to be able to be able to be in an environment in a surrounding where you're taught by people that look like you, you know, the, 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 the people of authority look like you, and can relate to you and relate to your problems and your issues and the things that you have. I mean, when you go to a, a, a traditional college, like in California, there's things they can't relate to what we're going through. I think on the HBCU, you have someone that's similar on campus or uh, somebody of this in a, in a, in a, in a, um, a uh, authoritative manner that can help you, help you in these situations or whatever may happen. They can talk to you about it. They can discuss things about it. It's just the experience of an HBCU. Not to make it, you know, where, it, I mean, it's, min, it's, min, it's small as just food. You know, the food is there, is different. It's culturally, you know, more to, more to our catering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attire, the dress, the, the, you know, the things that go on, the understanding of how we, you know, how we act and move and everything and the acceptance of that. And not judging us, not judging from just a book on its cover, what we look like exterior, what we're dressed like when we're walking on campus, but actually can understand what we're going through when we walk on campus and be able to relate to it. And despite all that, still educate us and get us going. It's just an it's just a, it's just an experience that we don't have. And I think people that are, people that are going to traditional cam- uh, campus that are white, they have no problem. They don't have to adjust. They don't have to adapt. That would be a place where we can don't have to adapt. We yeah. can go there and be ourselves and learn. You know, what I have to adapt and have to c- kind of cater to them. It, we could just be ourselves. I, I think we could just be ourselves and be there and learn and enjoy all the things we want to enjoy and have a good time while we're learning. The same way they do on, on on traditional campus, they go on there, and they they do the thing, and they have a good time. Yeah, that's that's what I think the difference would be. The experience of having an HBCU would be just life changing to a lot of people. That's that, that's a good point, and, and I, I concur and I I agree one hundred percent. And you know, it, it's just I, I liken it to leveling the playing field, right? Yeah. And, and and again, just taking that, that one extra layer of stress. What you know. Lightening the shoulders a little bit, just walking around the halls of of, of the school. Um, you know, the education is is still one hundred percent accredited. It's still it, it's still top notch. Uh, it, it's just again, it just you have 
one or two other things that you don't have to be as concerned about. Again, I, I liken it to leveling the playing field. So let, let, let's continue to move on, man. This, this is a great conversation. I, I think we, we, we touched on something here that, that resonates with the community. And, and I love that, man, because, again, we're talking about the social impact of sport. And like I say, Anthony, you know, I, I ain't said nothing about I ain't said nothing about my, my, my woeful Steelers. I ain't said nothing about Tom Brady uh, going and sitting home and, and, and how, how bad they look. But uh, we, we, we had a couple of other stories that we want to get in tonight. So uh, let's, let's, let's see what we got. Um, Kevin Ollie, coach, player, alumni, UConn. Coach Ollie got fired from UConn a few years ago for uh, disciplinary measures. I don't know why he got fired. They, they say that he violated some uh, NCAA uh, uh, principles and programs and things of like that within, within his program. But he has been, should I say, is the word adjudicated? I've never used that word. I, hopefully it means the right thing. I, I don't know how to spell it, so don't ask me what adjudication <laughs> means. But it, it, it was announced that the UConn has been ordered to pay former head coach Kevin Ollie, $11 million for unjustly firing him. And I believe this clears his name, right, in terms of the program and, the uh, again, the NCAA violations that, that he had um, during his time as, as the head coach of the team. What, what are you guys' thoughts on this on this action, and what, what do you guys th- think about just this, this move by, by, by UConn? I, I, think, I think it's just. They paid him his money because they wrongfully terminated him. But does it does it clear his name? I don't think he'll work in NCAA again because I think he'll be blackballed. Really, I I, I agree one hundred percent. I think it's kind of the damage that sometimes is done in these types okay. of situations. Okay, and I wonder if if his original buyout would have been ten million. I wonder if they awarded him, you know, exactly what his original buyout would be would have been, or if he got more for pain and suffering. And you know, what I'm saying I don't know what he's doing right now, but yeah, I agree. I think that it does hurt him in the long term. That's true. We wonder yeah. what, because we haven't seen Coach Ali since he he exactly. lost lost his job, and yeah, obviously I'm sure that his family is fine since 2018 and all. He's got uh, his 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 salary, his severance, his pension, and things of that nature. So I'm sure he's doing fine. But and, and this added to his uh, to his balance sheet works out. But that, that's a, that's an interesting statement. I, I I would I would have thought that this reopens the door to allow him to at least go into a program, maybe not initially as the head coach, but sitting three chairs down and, and, and managing and, and, you know, taking care of one, but, one aspect but, of the game. I don't know. Just, just like you said, but why, why, I, I, I did that was advocate, but why should he have to do that? He was already in a winning program. He built a winning program okay. at UConn. Right. He wrongfully, he, he wrongfully was accused of violating something when he was being successful. Yeah. And now you're telling me, since you paid me this money, I can hopefully go join another program and go become an assistant coach again. When I when I've already I was reaching the pinnacle, reaching, making a tournament and all that. Yeah. It just it seems to me unfair, just unfair for what happened to him, and that's why they're paying him that money. Um, and, and you know I hate bringing things back to race, man, but it, it always comes back to it. It doesn't happen to other coaches. Rick Pitino, guilty as I don't know how many NCAA wow. violations he's ever been with. He gets a job like it's no tomorrow. Um, the other cat that's in Louisville, I mean, that's in uh, Kentucky right now. Um, damn, I can't think of his name. He's been by, uh, been convicted of violation of, of, of several NCAA things and even been suspended. And he continues to get another job no matter where he goes. Bouncing from, you know, Louisville to Kentucky to wherever. So why does, why, again, 
Why does he have to now go take an assistant coach job to step back? Uh, that's good from point. your words, that's a good point. No, these dudes just they just switch programs and keep it moving when they violate. I'm sure much more things than this guy. I know Rick Pitino; he's been guilty of all yeah. kinds of stuff, paying yeah. players, all kind of crap yeah. that he's been he was doing before it was even accepted. But yeah, there's it, no tarnish on his on his thing. So I, I hate to say race, but it, it, that's the obvious point too, right? I mean, is it, there's a difference in race, so those guys get different. Because it can't be successful. Kevin Ollie was really successful yeah. in this couple of years there. I think he only had one year when he missed the tournament. Actually, he resurrected the program from, from missing the tournament all these years to get to the tournament again. Exactly. So exactly. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of weird, man. It's kind of sad that his uh, his name and image is tarnished now, and they're paying. For, I think they're just paying for future damages. Like, hey, we ruined this guy. Let's just give him his money and just kind of be with it. And you know, I think his name will just be blackballed out there. I don't think yeah. he'll get another job. I don't. I don't think UConn is going to go away quietly with this because I don't. I don't think they're obviously not happy with how about having to write this check. And they have uh, this story came out a couple of days, and they have ten days to to make that to make that uh, direct deposit into into the Ali family estates, that kind of thing. Um, Kevin uh, Tony Davis talked about blackballing. There's no no more jobs. The black coach always gets the short end of the stick. No school is going to touch him because he because he sued. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's unfortunate, man. I, yeah, I, I, I guess I was trying to be optimistic in, in that perspective, but, um, I, I think, I think you're right, man. I just don't know if he's going to, is if he's going to make it back to a program where he has the opportunity to, to be as successful as he was. You got, you got any thoughts on this, Anthony, just again, in terms of just the, the status, state of affairs that's happening in Kevin yeah. Alley's family. Uh, I, I hope you, I hope you're right. I hope he does, you know, find his way back. But it's a, I tend to agree with Montel. It's a good chance he just won't be back, especially a program of, of that caliber. UConn is upper echelon. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't know if he makes it back. And we know what it is, man. We all we're the first to go, the last to first to get last to get hired, first to get fired. Um, and I'm just glad the brother got paid, man. I'm, I'm grateful that he got some money about the situation. <laughs> yeah. That's not the end all be all, but it does, you know, I'm glad he's going to get that $11 million. Get that $11 million, you know, get, get, get a couple of more nickels in his pocket. Let me, let me ask this, and this is off the cuff. So talking about coaches who have done some bad things and have lost their jobs. What's, what's my guy? What's, no, he's not my guy. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, what, what, what are you talking about? Uh, um, yeah, the head coach of football. What yeah, was why can't I think of his name? Maybe because he's so irrelevant that I don't don't need to know his name. But again, got got him on camera doing some things he shouldn't have been doing. He was what he, he do? He was uh, kicking the punter in in practice. Uh, he 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 lost the respect for the entire team. Obviously, they did not do well. You know, to get the first round draft pick with uh, with Trevor Lawrence. Why can I not think of the ex Jacksonville? Ja- um, oh, please. Well, so my, do you think he would get a job back at the same type of level at a different program in the NFL I, I don't think, as a head I don't coach think, or before Ali gets a, a position offered? Oh, any yeah. Type of, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I bet you he's already got offers to go coach back in college somewhere. I don't think he'll coach in the NFL again. I think the NFL is just another – it's a, just a different gambit when you go into coaching. I mean, like you said, like we've already talked. Urban Meyer. Try to bring Urban Meyer. Him, he goes back down to college. Yeah. Urban yeah. Meyer will get a job in college. He will get a job at a college program. You know, he's just gonna he's gonna wait for the right offer like he did when he left. You know, when he left when he left Ohio State in shambles, doing all those cro- those supposedly corrupted things he was doing. He set out for a year, got the got the Jackson Jaguar job. Obviously, he didn't change his behavior. He lost that job. 
there's you, there's no reason in the world that's going to make me forget that he's not going to be able to get another job. You know, he's not. He's going to get another job in college or another offer in college. I mean, uh, even the, his strength and conditioning coach was openly racist and did all kinds of things. He hired him regardless of the, of the fact of the matter. Crazy. So Crazy. that 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 niche and that that circle of those coaches, guys, they're going to take care of each other. Now, Urban Meyer, now if he wants to be back be back around it, it's going to be a little bit different. He might have to start off like in an analyst role, a senior analyst role, working his way back in the program, showing he's doing all right to go. But you got to think, we got Rich Rodriguez. He's back down head coach now after stuff he did at Arizona. Kevin Sumlin, the stuff he did at Arizona, and that's a black coach. So we're not talking about white or black. We're just talking about coaches. Kevin Sumlin did a lot of bad things at Arizona, left that program a channel. He's mm. coaching now in the USFL. Those guys are in a circle where they're going to get jobs. I just think Kevin Ali's in the basketball circle, in the basketball world, in the NCAA world, like 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 uh, Anthony said, UConn is an upper echelon program. I don't think he's going to get another opportunity to coach at one of those anymore. He may get like you know uh, a smaller school yeah. and try to bring and resurrect them again, but he's not going to get that that UConn money, or he's not going to get no big big time Power Five program or whatever Elite Eight program in the NCAA job again. I don't think that's going to happen. That's not terrible. at least for a while. That's terrible. That's terrible. Hey Tony, looks like how much money did Urban? Uh, he his contract was for ten million. And obviously Jacksonville does not want to give that man that money. Uh, I'm sure that's going to go to what, whatever arbitration litigation or whatever the case may be, but he, he don't deserve $20, $20 out of, out of that contract to be honest with you for what, what he did to that, to that organization. So um, I see some other folks coming in, Dana, we, we see you, man. Look, ex pro NHL player, man, I keep telling, we need you on this show so we can chop it up. And so I can fully learn. And, and Montel probably knows, I just need to learn the rules for hockey. All I know is icing. I don't even know what it means. I just know, I just know to say it, right. I, I don't know what it means, but I, I need to know the rules. So we need you to come on and give us a masterclass on, on hockey. Anthony, you know anything about hockey? Nothing, man. Come on, man. They, See, they, why, they why is that? Why, why don't black folks know about? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just lose that it. they get, just that they get the fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, why, so why don't we? Why don't we play hockey more? Because you know, who, who, whose joke was that? Someone, someone made a joke about that. You know, we, we get the that, that was Cedric the Entertainer. Y'all, y'all remember when he said that joke? Man, if we if we get to play a sport where we get to fight, man. Yeah, but but you got to fight on, on ice skates, bro. That's a whole different ball game. I, 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 can, I, can barely, look, I can barely walk in my own shoes, and you're going to make me right. play on some skates exactly. on some ice. Okay, I yeah. I, I digress. Let's, let's keep talking about – I like the fact that we got some financial uh, stories tonight while we got you on, on Anthony. Uh, we, we, we got um, more conversation about them Denver Broncos. Ooh, we, okay, Robert we, Smith. Yeah, so we, we know who Robert Smith is, you know – billionaire the man has has done very well for himself he's uh shared his knowledge with a lot of folks and he's helped other folks become very financially stable as well uh we all i think it was 2019 when he gave the commencement speech at morehouse and at the end of his speech he told everyone he was paying all of their college debt Mm-hmm. So look, that that's that's one of them big baller moves, right? That that's a boss move right there. When you when you can be in front of the graduating class of Morehouse College and say, "I'm paying your student debt." Just a ma- I talked about weight off shoulders and and, mm-hmm. and freedom and and just the ability to have clarity. That right there, this man did that. Bringing this story up because uh, again, Robert Smith is now in the conversation of possibly purchasing the Denver Broncos. Um. 
handful of entities have, have raised interest in this. We know the, the Manning boys are, and well, at least Peyton. I don't know of Eli, but we know Peyton is talking about it. We know John Elway has raised interest in it, and they're, and they're coming at it with their groups. I think Jay-Z was, was part of a collective as well. Who, somebody was, was in part of a collective to actually purchase this as well, to come up with some cash. What do, you, what do you guys think about this? We'll start with you, Anthony, in terms of um, Mr. Smith putting his his uh, you know ticket in the hat to say that you know I, I can I can actually write a check and actually probably own this team as well. What do you think that would do if we had someone like a Robert Smith owning a team like the Denver Broncos? I think that would be super. That would be super interesting. Um, and I mean, the thing about sports franchises is they're just going up in value, so it's a good investment. And I and it says that he's from the Denver area, so that makes it yeah. even you know kind of a cooler story. Um, I, I wonder who who his t- I wonder who the team that he will put together what what that would look like. Um, but I my interesting. I'm interested to see what John Elway and Peyton Manning come up with. I could see them kind of winning that bid just based on their celebrity and based on John Elway being involved with the John Elway being kind of involved with the with with, with the Broncos for years. Right. So. Um, I can see a group he puts together, but it's no telling in these situations because you got to put together a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? You got to check off a well, lot of boxes. $3.75 billion was what the Broncos were estimated being worth last year. So, right, that's yeah. that's grown folk money right there, right? Yeah, they're going to sell for more than $4 billion, it says. So, yeah. you know, I like even John Elway's of the world, like, what well, you know, it depends on how many uh, – a lot of stuff has to go right for them for them uh, to, to win those bids, so. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But I think it's interesting, and I'm glad he put his at least put his uh, hat in the ring for sure. Yeah. yeah. Montel, what about you? You you, you were you were coming I, I, at it I from a different it. different perspective. Yeah, man. I, I love it. I love it. Just the fact that now we got somebody in the room, yeah. you know, with the other owners to be able to represent us and represent hopefully players that look like him. You know, where the league makes up seventy percent of African American players, um, he can be able to more. I think he could be more understanding, and hopefully at least give them. Um, better understanding what they're talking about when they go to the players' association, when they need to rule changes or yeah. different things for the needs of players of taking care of taking care of themselves or taking care of them as far as the within you know within that realm of football and the business aspect of it. So I I, I would love to have one of us in you know somebody in the room to show that we could be ownership. And, and let's be honest, man, it gives us another role model, somebody else for somebody inspired to be. It's, you know, we're not inspired to be Jay Z. We can inspire to be him. Huh. He's a billionaire. He makes yeah. money a different way. So. I think it gives it gives a lot it will give us a lot of inspiration if he can put together the group that goes ahead and has an opportunity to purchase it. I don't know if the NFL guys will let him in, but I mean I hope I hope that you know they listen to it. I mean money talks at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, at some point, you know, at some point everything kind of goes out the window. If you got enough zeros on the end of that check, it talks. So with that being said, I, I hope him and his group are able to get in there and, and, and uh um do some different things, man. I hope they can build a winning I hope they can build a winning team there. You yeah. know, it, it, it Ownership is one thing, but then you know you gotta you gotta facilitate the yeah, building the right of pieces the team around like it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because I almost wonder, and to what you just said, and what what uh, Mr. Tony Davis just was talking about, I think back to when Jordan uh, decided to buy the Hornets. Right? Yeah, he's Jordan. Yeah, he is what he is and, and did what he did. But I'm I'm still sure that he kind of probably got looked at a little side eye just just coming in. Uh, yeah, he had the cash, but that's that's a tight tight uh, fraternity right of, of folks especially now so on, on basketball I'm, I'm not sure but you know on the nfl side those 32 owners when they get in the room right now with goodell look it's it's 
Robert Smith in that room with 31 other folks right there, that, that's going to be a, an awkward situation. But you know what? If he if he buys a team, he deserves to be in that room. But but again, I can't hey, see man. I can't see Jerry Jones. I I can't see the man. Davis he's gonna family. be like Obama. He's gonna be like Obama yeah. going in the presidency going right. In that room. That, that that's that's tough, like right? Because you, you, you he's know gonna be when, the first. When you win <laughs> those conference rooms and then you break off and you go off to the corner, right? And you have the little little conversations. Everybody's smoking their cigars. This is what I, I I imagine, right? And and you strategize and talking about your team and talking about stuff. Is anyone gonna invite? Robert Smith over today, little circle to to chop it up with him, right? That's going to be awkward, and I think about that stuff, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, you deserve to be in that room because you got the cash and and you you rightfully so uh, elevated yourself to that point. But separate but equal. No, I, I think I think they'll right? be they'll invite him because the <laughs> separate money, but equal. Money's money. Money. You making money. Money's money. They want money, so I believe that's going to be that. That won't be a problem. I think just getting into the door. I think once you get in, you're fine. The, the, you know, they'll adjust and adapt. You'll have some adversaries, but you're going to have some people that's going to say, you know what? Hey, he's one of us. He got the money. He's in it. Let's do collectively what's great for the league. My thing is, how's he going to get through that door? Yeah. You know, you yeah. can have the billions and billions of dollars you want. Yeah. But like you said, yeah. he's going against John Elway, who's a who's a fan favorite. Yeah. In, yeah in, in, in John Elway got car dealerships yeah. all up and down. Denver. I yeah. drove by, by, by more Elway dealers, Chevy dealerships than I can count. He, exactly. <laughs> so you got him, and you got Peyton Manning and his family probably back in with other investments, investment people back in. And he won a Super Bowl for them. Yeah. And then you have then you have Robert Smith, who's from Denver, which is a great thing. That's just a, a great telling story. But again, it's like who's gonna who's gonna crack that? Who's gonna kick the door down for us? Man. That's my question. I ho- and I hope he I hope he's the person to do. It. I, I hope so too, man. We, we we need a black owner at this point. And um, I, I heard I heard that Aaron Rodgers is thinking about uh, landing in Denver too, and Devontae Adams. I, I've been hearing yeah. that too. Imagine mm-hmm. that. that, you know, yeah, that that, that mess around and happen. They might be Man. decent if they get, <laughs> they get a couple pieces. Look, hey, yeah, Rodgers is yeah. the MVP this this year. It's unfortunate what happened, but yeah, look if he if he go over there, man, it's 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 a wrap. It's a wrap. So that 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 would be a good story to see and tell. Hopefully they 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 give Mr. Smith a, a chance. They they let him do his slideshow and 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 do do his analysis and and say the you know the the pluses and minuses and and, and give him a fair shot, man. Uh, we'll we'll see. So yeah, who who would be the majority owner? And and that's a question that we don't know yet, right, Tony? We're mm-hmm. trying to trying to figure that out. But uh, look, when you start talking about four billion dollars, uh, and Robert Smith got that money. So he 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 would be that one, he he would be that one hobnobbing with with the Joneses and the and the Davises and the Goodells of the world. So we we would it it would be sure she would be nice to see it. He he would be that unicorn like Obama was. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it just needs to happen, and it it needs to happen at all sports at all levels at the at that topper echelon, right? Minorities, women. It it just needs to happen. All of those ceilings really do need to be need to be cracked right we, we, we yeah, just need to have remember, that representation this is like you said majority owner because minority i know serena williams and are minority owners yes. in the dolphins but they don't have any say they just they just they well, own boxes yeah, like, like Shaq and the sack kings right i mean he, yeah, yeah. He, he just there to get the, the, the seat at the on the court level he, he don't really yeah yeah but i say. mean this will be the first black minority you know majority owner of a, of a, of a sports organization that will have a say so in everything that goes on with the nfl i think that would be that would just be, you know, that'd be awesome, man. It's, it's due. We're, we're, you know, it's due to have 
you know, a black, a Latino, a Latina, any, you know, yeah. man, woman, something that we need somebody of color to be in that, be in that room besides the Jacksonville Jaguars on. Yeah. See, don't you got a shirt that say something about representation? Hold on. Let me let me take a look at that. <laughs> By land. They, boy, man, look, I'm going to end up. I'm going to need a discount code or something because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to spend a whole lot of money o- over I here. I got you. <laughs> over here at, over here at Finance Dash Friday. I'm going to make sure to put the link out to it. Yeah, that's 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 no joke. A couple of more stories we won't get in because, like I said, we'll be cognizant of, of everyone's time. I'm going to throw a picture up on the screen. I don't know if I've shared it with y'all, but. Uh, I want to get your first reaction when it, this tweet went out today. This is uh, this is your boy Antonio Brown. Uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown rocking his 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 classic number eighty four. This is today. This is a couple hours ago. He's rocking Baltimore Ravens uh, uniform. Now, y'all yep. remember, y'all sports fans, y'all football fans remember, was it a week and a half ago he was playing in game? He got upset with Coach because he he, he decided to go and pout because he didn't think that he was getting the, the, the targets that he should have been getting. He ended up halfway undressing on the field, taking off all of his, his pads, his jersey, his gloves, throwing it in the, in the stands and, 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 and crip walking off of the, off of the field. <laughs> And essentially resigned. And the next day, he dropped a terrible, terrible rap song. Terrible. <laughs> oh, I know about the rap song. Yeah, he. You, you didn't miss nothing. Look, you didn't miss nothing. And Antonio, yeah, he didn't miss nothing. But now, look at this. But less than a week later, he is rocking what could be his next team. What are you guys' thoughts about Antonio Brown, what he's gone through in his past, what he went through over this past week. And now the fact that another highly competitive winning organization may have signed him onto their roster. I don't think they signed him. I don't think they need to sign him for him to take this picture. I think he would be crazy. He'll, he'll take a picture like this just to, just to, just to get the kind, just to get us talking about him. So I, I think, I, I don't know. I know he would be dangerous over there with Lamar Jackson, but I don't see it happening either though. Like Lance said, yeah, it, it was terrible. But that that rap song that he, that he released was terrible. Good to see you, Mr. Gilliland. My, yeah, my me, uh, talk to us, man. This 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 is it, this it, is insanity it, to me. I mean, given his past, he's a diva. We know AB's a diva. Yeah. Um, if he don't get his way, he figures out a way to get out there. Whether he pouts, mm-hmm. boycotts, do whatever he gonna do. Um, but I do believe if this is true, this is where he's going. You know, you know, the Ravens are gonna make a lot of noise with him and Jackson just there. Um, is is just funny, you know. It's funny after all those antics and everybody kind of read him, wrote him off of being in the league where he does not have an opportunity. And let's let's please believe, you know, Antonio Brown is one of the best when he's out there on the field. Mm-hmm. So as long as he's catching that ball and he's making, and he's in the business of winning, helping guys win games. He's going to get an opportunity to play for somebody. And I hope the brother got it right. I hope he I hope he goes there. I hope everything works out for him. I hope I just. We just don't need the antics because a lot of a lot of young people look up to him. Yeah. And that's not the way to do things. You know, you got to do things more of a professional manner, in my opinion. Um, but I mean, you know, if he gets another opportunity to make more millions and do things he, he's good at and be successful at and he leaves the antics alone, I'm all for it, man. Good luck. Yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. And, and I'm, I love this this you know comment right here. We, we just we haven't got to the truth of what really happened. This is from Tony Davis. You know, he quit. 
walked out in the middle of the game. We just can't trust that mentality. Again, he, he's had so many other things that, that he's gone through, uh, legal cases against him. He's had just mm-hmm. antics, like you say, also on, on the field. And he keeps saying that it's not a mental health challenge. I, I, I beg to differ. I, I think there, there, there's the, either the wrong people around him. And again, we're Monday morning quarterbacking. We're, we're being pundits here and, and just looking at this third person remove. I just don't know if he's got the right people around him. Yeah, he, he's a baller, right? He, he can get out there and do some, some fantastic highlight reel things. But to, to do what he did again in the middle of the game, go out there and take all his gloves off practically on, on national TV in front of that, that, that stadium and then blame everyone else, blame Tom Brady for uh, him getting his paycheck that he was getting. Tom, Tom is in control of a lot of stuff, but he not control in control of that Tampa Bay money. Uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. Right. So Tom being more worried about Gronkowski getting, getting his, uh, his bonus as opposed to, to AB. I, I really think that Antonio Brown has some, internal team issues, right? He's got some issues with the folks that are around him that are telling him go down this, this road instead of going down this road. You, you should probably think about it. And we, and we've talked about this before Montel, right? Again, especially with the youngsters, right? Coming into NIL money, making sure you've got the right team around you. Cause now you got all these different opportunities. AB is already a multimillionaire and, and he should know better. Talk to us. He, he should know better. But I mean, you got to think, if you can keep acting that way, you keep getting your way, you're going to keep doing it just like a baby. You know, if a baby knows he can keep crying, you're going to keep feeding him. He's going to cry until he's full every time. So I think his antics have been just proving that he can get away with it and, and things keep happening to him until he gets something slapped on his hand. But let's be like, let's be perfectly honest with the NFL. That's the NFL. You can do a lot of bad things, but as long as you can get on that field and, 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 and score touchdowns and win games for him, they will tolerate that behavior. Wow. So. This is more. This is more of an institution. It's, a, it's not. It's not. I don't want to say supporting it, yeah. but it's not doing anything to deter that behavior at all. You know, you're gonna find him seventy five hundred dollars. That's nothing to him. This, you know, that's that's a, that's not even a game check. That's a, that, that's something he spends on dinner with people. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right, so, right. so let, let's you know, let, yeah, Antonio Brown needs to do better, but the league needs, needs to do better too in enforcing rules when it comes to this kind of behavior. You know, they allowed him to do it with the Raiders. They allowed him to act a fool there. Yeah. They allowed him to act a fool now in Tampa Bay. They allowed him to act a fool when he was leaving Pittsburgh. Now, now this is no this behavior is no different, man. I mean, it's no different than he's what he's been displaying, and he keeps continuing to get million dollar contracts. So, you know, to me, I just hope he corrects it because a lot of you young eyes look at him, mm-hmm. and they, they 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 like him. They like his whatever it is his swagger or his play on the field or whatever. But he that's showing a bad example of what not to act like, because we all can't do that in our regular day-to-day life. Exactly. We're not all in the NFL. Yeah, I, I can't go act a fool. Look, look, I, I wish you would try to go go act a fool tomorrow yeah. when, when, you, when you clock in. Don't, don't. don't. <laughs> I, you just I, can't I, do that. So he, he sets a bad, those, those are the things he sets a bad example of. Uh, uh, and I hope, I hope he gets you right, man. But I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to just keep it real. Look at the, co- the company keeps, man. He hangs out with Kanye West and Floyd Mayweather. I mean, yeah. Come on, man. You know, we already know, you know, Kanye out there and he yeah, hanging out with Kanye. I, 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 I did. I cut Kanye off too, man. You yeah, know, man. You know, so that, that brother, I, man, back in the day. With that, be, with that being said, man, I mean, if you if you are around the company you keep, and I mean, that explains AB. That explains his behavior, why he acts that way, man. It's just, it's just, it's saddening to me. 
because like I said, we, we need to be able to do better, be, be better examples. Don't get much more plainer than that. <laughs> yeah. What you, you say, Anthony? What you got? I think, I mean, he has an outside chance. I, I didn't think he was going to make it back in the league this last time. I thought it was over. After the Raiders, I thought it was, I thought he was done. Uh, but now I'm like, he has, he has an outside chance, though. There is an outside mm-hmm. he, even, even with how we ended. But it's just such bad uh, – what's the word? Like, it looks so bad on the league. I don't know if any team is really going to go for that. But I know seeing that picture made me think, like, yeah, he would be <laughs> tough with Lamar Jackson. Man, they might mess around with a Super Bowl between them two. Yeah. So, I can only imagine being an owner like, ooh, yeah. like, yeah, man. What, what, what is Harbaugh like going to do when he got Lamar Jackson and Antonio Brown sitting in the, in the locker room? But Lamar Jackson may be one of the only quarterbacks that can 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 mold and keep A.B. in yeah. check, right? He got so, a um, kind of, he might be. You he know, might so, be, so, man. So, so, I don't so know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We, we, we wish nothing but the best, you know, bless his heart. We'll see. Just don't don't right. don't release no more of these these whack tracks on on uh, <laughs> on broke down records or whatever whatever they may be, man. Um, we got one more story. We we gonna get into it real quick. But listen, folks, this is what we do, right? Y'all y'all know me. Me and my tell come in here and we chop it up. We've been talking for a little over an hour. We we had this fantastic guest, Mister Anthony Walker, and we we talk about things that matter and things that resonate around the social impact of sport. Subscribe to the channel. Give us your feedback. Give us your criticism. Share the stories. We talked about some things that really hopefully resonate with with you and folks around you as well. So let let them see this and and let's continue to do better. And let's let's uh, try to try to make this world a better place. Right. So uh, we appreciate your support. We're going to keep doing this every Tuesday. We're going to keep bringing in fantastic guests like Mr. Walker. And we're going we're going to just we're going to do what we can. Uh, last story here. Let me let me bring this in and see what you guys think about this. Y'all, y'all know I'm a baseball person, so I like my baseball stories. Um, Hall of Fame was was announced today. The inductees, handful of folks were were on the ballot. Couple of couple of cats were on there for their last year of eligibility. Uh, that that being Mr. Bonds, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, Kurt Schilling. They were they on the list. They didn't get in. They didn't get so in. So it's over. So it's over for them. Well, they, 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 there's one final opportunity to 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 arbitration or kind of it's the the alumni committee, right? And I believe that happens in August. But as far as the baseball writers, uh, bonds don't get in, and Clemens, Sosa, Schilling, they don't get in. But David Ortiz got in today. Big Poppy got in. And I, I think that's rightfully. I think he deserves to be in first yeah, ballot. Yeah, he got in. Look, look, Big Poppy. He, he was a bad man out there doing doing what he did. Mm-hmm. Even though Big Poppy also got caught in some uh, PED issues as well, mm-hmm. I think he got in for the fact of uh, so one for two reasons. He owned up to it early, and what Big Poppy did when the country was going through nine eleven. Big, big, right. I mean, you you remember when he hit those home runs and he went out there playing, and and they were they were at home in Boston. Big Poppy got on got on the uh, on the mic and gave that impassioned. St- I I really think he hit kind of the the, the heartstrings of America when we were all down from nine eleven, and and Big Poppy went out there and and won everything. You know, the, the Red Sox won the won the, the World Series. It, it was just that is what elevated him 
above all these other folks who also got caught up into some things. Talk to me a little bit about what you think about the other gentlemen who are not getting in, who didn't get in, maybe unless they go through the alumni uh, review and, and David Ortiz getting in. It's BS. Oh, <laughs> it's straight up. It's Talk BS. Man. Talk to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Poppy deserves to be in there, but you ain't going to tell me he deserves to be in there over Barry Bonds. Or no, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Or, I'm not. I'm not I, look. But but, he, but he's he's getting in before them. He's getting in before him, so it doesn't make a difference. They're making they're making um, their own personal agenda not to let him in. If, if it's based on stats and their play, yeah. there is no way in the world Barry Bonds should not be in the Hall of Fame. I completely no. I there completely no agree. No way in the world. Yeah, let's let's not there get it no twisted. I completely agree with that. Yeah. So 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 I mean, congratulations, Big Poppy. Yeah, congratulations. He's in it. He did a lot of things for baseball, especially for Afro-Latinos. He did a tremendous lot of things for them in the community, in the Boston. And I heard he gave a lot. He does a lot of things for them. But if we're going on pure baseball, and I'm not a baseball dude, but if we're going on pure baseball, those names that you mentioned, there is no way in high hell or heaven that he should be in before them guys got in. And and the writers are making it personal to not let those guys in for whatever reason. Okay. I don't care. I look, 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 I told you before. You know the reason, though. You know the reason. They know for whatever reason. You know the reason. Yeah, yeah but but I'm saying, but saying, when they, but let, let, let's just take it really. When they were juicing, when they were all juicing, yeah. everybody was watching baseball. Baseball hadn't been in the, that was the highest point of sure baseball was. ever. was. was watching Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa do the bash. Look, we, we, was, we was locked in. Yeah. We True. was locked in to see what was going on between Griffey, uh, McGuire, um, Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds. Those three years, yeah. man, everybody was watching baseball to see who was going to break the record, who was going to be the home run leader. Every yep. every night on Sports Center, we was watching to see who was who was hitting the ball, who was in the slump, who was doing everything. When Kurt Schilling was at, was at his best, we were watching to see him do strikeouts, no hitters, and all that stuff. The bloody so, sock and all. Look, we yeah, look, we we know yeah. those things. Even if you're not a so, diehard so, fan, yeah. So maybe, so maybe, so maybe they were juicing, but let, let's be perfectly honest with this. Baseball benefited off of them juicing. Yes, sir. Baseball was never more popular ever than when those guys were doing that thing. They all benefited off of memorabilia, selling out stadiums, getting TV time. They benefited all off of that. And now you're gonna say, no, we don't want we don't want to we don't want to put you in the Hall of Fame because you would do. I don't care if you put an ashes by his name, but they should be in the Hall of Fame. Because I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put this coming up one more time. Money talks to the liars. Yeah, <laughs> but Ster- you're right. steroids don't make you hit a ball, don't make you see that ball coming down the pipe. Steroids don't make you do that. Yeah, at, they at don't make your vision that much better. Them dudes was cracking that ball like no tomorrow. Hit seventy five home runs, hitting it as far as you possibly. It may give you more power on the ball, more torque, as you guys call it when you swing in the bat. But the bottom line is, that baseball benefited so much money off of that. Yeah. So, so why are you going to shine them now out of the shine, shine them out of the light? Look, I'm I'm a I'm a Pete Rose guy. I think, he, and I've told I've told y'all that too. I think Pete Rose needs to be in in, in the yeah, hall. And, and again, if you're looking at stats, right? There, there's a couple of these cats that that really should be. They either need to be in the hall or be in the building across the street that is 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 the asterisk hall. What what, what whatever. But they, they need to get their 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 due and their recognition. Look, man, I, I watched so many Giants games because Barry was up there at bat and doing what he did. Man, look, that was that was what made baseball fun, man. Yeah, so Barry Bonds might be the greatest baseball player of all time. Ever. Like Period. even before the even Period. before the juice, man. Honestly, yeah. even before yeah. the juice, he was a five tool player and could do yeah. it all. He was hitting uh, fifty homers when he was skinny. Yeah. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So 
this is what I say, man. I don't think that Balco generation is getting in. I don't think they're dealing with that Balco generation. Anybody that was involved with the with the, with the congressional hearings, so I no Conseco, no no McGuire. You don't. They're not gonna make I it. Think, I don't think so. <laughs> they weren't. And you know what's anyway. interesting though? I think A Rod was up this year too. He was up for it this year too, though. Thirty eight percent. That kind of tripped me out that, that he's not. Uh, that, that 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 it's looking like they told him no, so it's looking like he's getting that same treatment. Yeah. But he wasn't in in that whole scandal, right? He. he I mean, wasn't I know in he, that he got, one, but but he got so, popped for steroids, though. I know he yeah. got popped for steroids. But a handful of times, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Rob, yeah. Rob, look, a Rob was dirty. A, a Rob we was know, dirty. We know yeah, we know that. Uh, we know that. Uh, this so this was only his first I mean, year. You see yeah, his body I, I, right I, I, now. You can tell he did steroids. Yeah, yeah, he was dirty. But it, but it's a, all I'm saying is this: I know the Balco guys ain't going. No, that's what I know. <laughs> it's like even this next wave of like, if you got the, the Balco time, corridor of the Hall of Fame, right? Hit, hit, hit go the outcast, the Balco corridor of the Hall of Fame. Balco corridor, they need their own corridor. Yeah, nah, but I, I feel you though. Know, I, I feel like it's unfortunate though. Like, is everybody was doing steroids? Everybody was doing steroids. Yeah. Even the once I found out the pitchers was doing steroids, I'm like, oh, you had to do steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you, there's no way you was gonna hit off Roger Clemens. Bro, you had to. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 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 my point is, my point. So, this is my question. Okay, this is my question. So, we know they're not gonna make it. Yeah. But why does baseball get the benefit from those from from those those years of success while they were on Balco? Because gotta you it. you got the Astros on them saying they're Balco, yeah. but we both know when they were, when everybody was on Balco. You were sitting in that Oakland A stadium too, you know, watching, right? watching, watching and, a, and everybody. Yeah, I was with you right the, there too. I was like, man, 27, 28, 31, 31. Oh, Sosa hit, he hit three today. I'm like, God, dog, dude, these dudes is cracking the ball like no. I mean, that was the most exciting, most vibrant time of baseball that I could ever remember. And I think at any time in that pastime. Uh, granted, granted, they they you know they were on the Balco thing, or you know they what they admit it, they allegedly was on the Balco thing. Mm-hmm. But dude, baseball benefited them so much; they made so much money yeah. during that time. And when I think they started kind of to tailor down, or they figured out, hey, this can't keep going, or purists started to say, oh, there's something something wrong. Then they found out about it. Now they want to cast these guys away. You know, cast them all the way at least out yeah. of the out of the, 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 the Hall of Fame books and out of the Hall of Fame and out of the record books and all that stuff. I I don't see it that way, man. If ever you know, NFL after dudes in the NFL Hall of Fame has been on steroids, uh oh, or some type of drug. Well, you see, we don't cast them away. Well, you see, yeah. now now you now you now you no, I'm yeah. I'm speaking truth. Yeah, well, because because I, 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 I immediately blame, think blame of Conseco, bro, blame Conseco. I, I was, <laughs> <laughs> he so, was he was I, the one I, snitching. I, 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 Either way, I don't care. But I mean, I just, I just, I don't think it's fair, man. I just like it. Like, I don't think it's fair for any of them guys, man, just because what they say outside or because they offend the writers. The writers get the right to say, no, you don't get to go in. It shouldn't be that, man. It should be based on your body at work. Especially when, when 90% of yeah. them writers never laced them up and never been on the field. So uh, yeah. there you go. I'm going I'm to leave that right there. Uh, <laughs> I, I do believe it should be based on body of work, though, because it's yeah. too subjective otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's too mm-hmm. subjective otherwise. We, cause, cause, cause we can do that with everybody that comes through, like clean, dirty, like we can make our, you know, make our, <laughs> what we think happened with them. So I, I tend to agree with that too, though. I agree. I agree. Hold on. My, Moms, are, are we going to talk about the statue or is that appropriate? What, 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 are, you, what are you talking about, Ma? I'm not sure. I, I must have missed something. Oh, my gosh. It didn't, I'm going to get in trouble if I missed a question for my own mother here. 
Uh, yeah, bro, you got to answer the question. I, I know. Hold, please. Hold, please. I yeah. tell you, I'll, I'll call you later, about and I'll figure out what it is that, that, that you ask. I, I'm not sure. You know, the comments is flying through because the community is, is definitely enthralled with the conversation. Uh, gentlemen, we, we, we did it tonight. We talked. Let me before we shut. Let me ask this on this story. The alumni committee is going to meet again, I believe, in August of Bonds, Clemens, Sosa or Schilling. If you, if they picked one, who do you think they should pick to go in? And, Bonds. OK. Bonds, Bonds, Bonds is the baddest dude ever to, to lace him up. Uh, he's the best I've ever seen. I agree. Okay, I, and and we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll I'll put a timestamp on this and see. I I I think that they all should go in. I I don't like some of the stuff that Schilling has said since he's left baseball. Right? He he's kind of he's kind of gone Kanye on us. <laughs> uh, but uh, again, when he was out there and he was throwing the ball, man, he was on the mound. He had the bloody sock and he was striking fools out. Roger Clemens, come on, the rocket, it, man! It was it was good stuff, and and fans would be remiss if they didn't get to celebrate their body of work, like you called it, Anthony. Mr. Walker, talk to us real quick. Bring bring us home, man. Let, talk to us a little bit about what it is you got going on again. I want to talk again about your company. Just give the folks a recap of what you do uh, and the book that you've got coming out because I want to make sure the folks are aware of that. Yeah, so Finance Friday is the name of my, I would say, my umbrella company. Um, it's kind of what the merch is under. Um, the merchandise, you can see some shirts and some sweaters and some 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 letterman jackets and things like that. And through Finance Friday, we ended up, I ended up writing a book and um, the book is called B is for black wealth. It is available. Um, and I think like the, the common thread between everything that we're doing is we want to educate around business, entrepreneurship and finances. And now we just, like I said, package it for the youth. Um, but there's really honestly in this book is stuff for kids and stuff for adults. I think that every black family should own this book. Um, to, like I, like I mentioned, I'm going to use it as an organizing tool. Like, more than book sales, I want to have be able to have contact with tens of thousands of black families. I want to be able to have their phone numbers and their emails. So, you know, when it all goes down, you know, we, we could we could communicate with each other. So that's re my real aim for this particular um, piece of work. But it's also great education, great um, values um, that are in there that I think every black family should at least digest. You know, whether you keep it or not, you should at least digest it. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you for being here. Montel, as always, man, I'm going to let you have the last word and, and take us home, though. Yeah, man, just stay blessed. Keep those 10 toes down. Keep your head in the sky. And thank God every day, man. Thank you for being on the show. All right, y'all. Yes, Appreciate y'all. Mom, I'm going to call you. <laughs> <All right. laughs>